0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Games We Love podcast. I'm your host, Aaron White, and you are listening to the show that promotes positive gaming discussion, featuring interviews and conversations with passionate gamers, including journalists, developers, podcasters, streamers, critics, and other diehard video game fans about a personal favorite game that they love. In this episode, I am joined by the creator and the host of Retro Rewind podcast, Francisco Ruiz. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Aaron. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I am excited to have you here uh, to talk about this game and to get to know you a little bit and hopefully maybe introduce you to some new people who don't know you exist yet. <laughs> so, I just, As I Whoa. was saying that, I, I, was, exist, <laughs> I was like, but... man, that sounds really harsh,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I could be in the Matrix. I could be just like you know, you know, someone not like the piece of code going hopefully not though
0: I hope not well you know what actually I don't know I would take the pill so I'm totally good with
1: <laughs> the fake world
0: personally <laughs> I mean, I know that's not the popular answer but mm, it's the honest one well there you go. let's get to know you man so I, I, I always like to start just by going all the way back to the beginning and asking mm-hmm. you where did your journey with gaming start like what console what was your first game how did it begin for you
1: so I ha- do you have those memories from like early childhood, Aaron, where it's like it's weird. It's almost like an abstract dream. You're not sure if you dreamed it or if it was reality or something like that. Well, I kind of have something like that with this. I, I didn't know the game name for a long time, but I found out uh, on my stream once and I looked it up before this. Uh, it's the game Outlaw for the Atari 2600. Hmm. That is, I would say that's probably my first gaming experience. I, it's essentially, you have two cowboys on a, either side of the screen and you're just shooting at each other, trying to like, it's like a quick draw match, essentially. Yeah. And so I have that. That's my earliest memory. That's, I have like one memory of that. That's it. Where I really got started in gaming though, was uh, I think 1986. I, I remember I was five. Uh, we got the Nintendo entertainment system and man, my, my, Go to story for that is I, I credit the NES and Super Mario Brothers in particular with, uh, creating or making me a morning person because I'm one, I'm the oldest of four boys. So if I wanted time on the system, like just solid time, I had to get up before everyone else, go out to the living room and try to get Mario a little bit further, <laughs> which I actually never beat that game until years later in my adulthood. But, uh, so I went from outlaw on the Atari 2600 to uh super mario brothers and this other game that we got this top-down helicopter game called tiger heli that's another one like my first nintendo game i don't remember that one hmm that doesn't it was it's it's like if you have ever played i think the games 1914 or any any like top-down sh- up game it's yeah i love those formula. yeah so it, this was just one on the nes it had a cool helicopter uh like a, i don't know if it's a Like, is somewhat like a Cobra, the H, is that the H1 I think? I don't know. Well, it it looked kinda like that on the cover, but of course it didn't look anything that cool in the game. Anyway, (laughs) not that good. So that sort of kicked me off as being a Nintendo fanboy for my, uh, early childhood into middle school, high school. Uh, I also was more into PC gaming then, playing games on uh, Windows uh, DOS and then Windows 3.1, Windows 95. Uh, but finally, I, I, like, I would not, I didn't like Sega. I thought Sega sucks. Uh, it's all about Nintendo and stuff. But then in college, uh, as a graduation present, my, my parents got me a Dreamcast. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like this Sega. So oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, was enthralled with like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I loved playing that game so much. Uh, and then I also got into Mac gaming because I had to do Mac for school. So that's the computer I had. But then it's sort of, uh, we sort of cycled back through to the present where now I'm part of, uh, the PC master race, as some people like to say, because I built my own computer last year. And I think you're, you're in the process of building a computer, aren't you? I
0: am still going. Awesome. It's probably going to take the majority of the summer. I'm really slow playing. I'm like buying apart
1: each paycheck. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how I did it last summer. So I totally get it. Uh, and then yeah, now I'm playing. Uh, back to old Nintendo games is what I'm playing currently.
0: <laughs> now, do you also have a Switch? Have you kept up with Nintendo's consoles?
1: No, so actually, that, that's an interesting question. I've, but my actually latest, my newest gen system is the Nintendo Wii. So, I'm not. Like really Wii, not with, Wii U. Not the Wii U. The Wii. Okay. First, like the first edition. We got the we we're when it was like it was hard to find. Kept calling my GameStop and say, "Do you have it now? Do you have it now?" And they're like, "Okay, come line up early in the morning, and we have it. We should have some, and we got it." Uh, I say we because I, was, uh, um, I think I, yeah, me and my wife uh, were married at the time, so we got it then. Um, but yeah, so we have the Wii. Don't have a Switch or Wii U or uh. Or a DS or a 3DS or anything like that. I have a Game Boy Advance and a Game Boy Micro, but I don't have any of the latest systems.
0: So do you use ROMs or is there another way you're able to get your PC Nintendo game fixed?
1: So I actually play, uh, and we'll get into this. We might get into this there, I don't know. But I actually play the SNES Classic. Oh, Oh, nice. System. So all this, the games that are stuck on there, and then the NES Classic System, all the games that are stuck on there. So that's 50-something games between the two of them. So that's how I play my games. Yeah, I don't I don't use ROMs.
0: Awesome. That's a great way to do it, then.
1: actually I didn't yeah. even know
0: you could stream from them, but I guess that makes sense. They
1: are modern. Yeah, they're HDMI out, which is, makes it really convenient, yes.
0: Heck yeah, man, those RGB. Oh, trying to get those... <laughs> Plugins. I had an old Nintendo I wanted to hook up to the TV and it mm-hmm. just wasn't going to happen. Then I tried to pull it. I pull out my PlayStation 2, the old, like, fat yeah. PlayStation 2, not even mm-hmm. the slim one. And it just, there's no way to, like, hook them up. You can't oh, do it with modern man. TVs. Well, that does lead into my next question, which is kind of, like, a little bit about how you game now. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of your gaming habits? Uh, obviously, you said you, you stick pretty much to these Nintendo Classic and... SNS classic, but I don't know. Do you play anything else on Steam? Like what is your Mm -hmm. style of gaming at this point in your life?
1: So at this point in my life, it's really uh, a lot of the retro gaming experience. Um, I I just, for whatever reason, I have a real big heart for retro games regardless of the system. Like I'm very system agnostic at this point. I just want to play awesome games, especially ones that I missed from childhood. Um, But I do play some modern games. I'm on Steam. I'm on I'm on GOG, but that's to play older PC games, mainly. Um, but yeah, I, I, have seen, I've played, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the more modern games I've played. Uh, awesome Knots, which is like a three on three, uh, not Battle Royale, MOBA. It's a MOBA. Uh, I've recently gotten into, uh, an MMO called Albion Online. That's, uh, fun. So those are, but well, I'll go into more of the, the games I've been playing. Lately, but yeah, that's pretty much it's retro games and tactical strategy games or uh, real time strategy games are the things I, I like to play the most.
0: So, what would you attribute to your love for retro gaming? Now, this is always fascinating to me. It's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is because mm-hmm. I knew that this was like where your heart was at, and yeah it has not been that way for me personally. And so, mm-hmm. it fascinates me um, because for me, when I try to go back and play these games, sometimes it's a struggle. And yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel as great as I remember them. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like for you, it is maybe better than playing modern games. So what is it about them that works for you so well?
1: It's kind of a twofold answer. Uh, I think one, one is a pragmatic and one is more the emotional side of it. The pragmatic side is that for a long time, being on a Mac for, for most of my adulthood, I think there weren't a lot of great games. Like most of the games I'd love to have played weren't were like PC only. And uh with Wii being the last system I got, I wasn't able to really invest a lot of time into more modern gaming experiences. So it was really just a time and uh financial issue that kept me sort of in the retro uh, uh sort of cast, I guess, of gaming. But as I was there more and more and being able to sort of increase my library of games i i have like older game systems like i have a sega saturn that i do minimal collecting for i have an old playstation one that i have that actually me and my wife when we got married we pooled our games together which was kind of cool um so i just playing through those games playing through uh some of the games i would buy on the Wii when the virtual console console was up the older like n64 game and stuff The reason I think I am so drawn to those more and more is that when I was a kid playing those games, so many of them were just so hard. They were fun, and they were cool, and I was always like, I want to see better graphics, and oh, this has so much better graphics, even though it was just, like, "Still more, just, I guess, from 8-bit to 16-bit was, like, just higher-density pixel art, but I still thought those were so cool uh, and wanted that. But I, I found that more and more those games and those game mechanics, I have a better understanding of how they work, uh, serve sort of holistically. And because of that, I'm able to figure out them out and enjoy them more, especially the hard ones. It's like, okay, this is hard because of this. And if I just, if I just drill on this, I'll be able to accomplish XYZ part of this game. And I like that there's this, there's this, um, there's this difficulty curve that i feel like i can overcome so it's it's not that they're just easy now but i feel like i'm able to understand them in a way in that the challenge is something i feel like i can accomplish but it's still challenging and i get the so i get the satisfaction of overcoming this challenge that i was never able to as a kid and now i am able to that's awesome. I, th- I feel like maybe you might enjoy
0: modern day Dark Souls games.
1: <laughs> I think so. Like, I was watching you play. What What was the game you were playing on? Bloodborne, stream? that one time. What, yeah. yeah. Bloodborne. I think, I think I could. That style. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how well I would do with it. I think we were talking on that, on your stream that I, I think there's something about going into the 3D dimension where you're having to worry about so many different planes. I mean, they're three, but uh, <laughs> it as, feels as like it's a lot more. Yeah. To, yeah. As opposed to just 2D side scrolling. Uh, for the most part, you're. It's. I'm able, especially when. Um. Are you familiar with the term uh, bullet hell? Oh yeah. And like. Okay. Absolutely. So games that have that, like, there's. Oh, one of the minor games that I love to play that's retro styled is Enter the Gungeon. Ah yes. And some of the boss battles, like I, I've played through all of the, I've gotten to the last boss of it, and just it just gets nutty sometimes. But there's, there's a quality to it where I'm able to sort of like unfocus my eyes. And I'm able to just like move and not get hit by a lot of the bullets. I mean, uh, I we're back hit, to the
0: but... matrix now. Yeah.
1: So you're, <laughs> you're literally in the matrix. Okay. <laughs> Whereas with a 3D, so I'm able to do that on a 2D, like, plane. With 3D, I, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I think there's that aspect of it as well. That's fair.
0: Well, one of the things you do that shows this, like, desire to have a challenge with these retro games is on your Twitch channel, you are. Mm-hmm. Frequently streaming SNS games, so tell me a little bit about how you got started on Twitch gaming and what you're doing right now there.
1: So I got started on Twitch. I was streaming on YouTube for a bit, and then my brother, uh, he's he was on Twitch, and like one time I tried Twitch. I went to do what a lot of people do. They go like the streamers on the homepage or wherever you go in and you see this waterfall of chat, and I saw that I'm like I don't know what's going on. Peace out Twitch. So <laughs> I guess I'll go back to YouTube. But my brother convinced me to go back to it, give it another shot. And as I was familiarizing myself with the culture, especially when you go and you watch streamers that don't have a lot of people in chat, can sort of talk to them. And i really seen the the value of getting to talk with someone who's streaming a game and it's like, oh, I can connect with them. They actually will respond. And you know, I can get to know someone else, especially I've gotten to know people in other countries. I have a friend in Finland that I've met through stream. So that's what sort of got me over on the Twitch wagon, is games to stream over there. Now, just streaming games, I think that's just something I want to do as sort of an outcropping of uh, this uh, retro movie podcast that I do that we'll talk about in a minute. That's, that's why I think, uh, that's how I sort of got it started on Twitch, is just playing these old games. And what do we do now is on Tuesday nights, I'm playing, trying to beat every game that comes stock on, like I said, the NES Classic system. So, so far I've beaten uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Balloon Fight, which if if any of you are like, Balloon Fight can't be beat. It's just you repeat it over and over and over again, try to get a high score. Well, okay, okay, that's true. Essentially what I do is I when it's game a game like that, I'll look for whatever level, like I'll look online, whatever level or map or enemy combination is the last unique one in the game before it recycles, once I've beaten that, that's when I count to that type of game as beaten anyway, yeah that's fair once so, you have experienced all of the content that it has exactly now i'm not a completionist there are some games where like for instance super mario rpg i didn't do 100 or anything but i beat the final boss anyway so on on uh tuesday nights being those two being uh two castlevanias uh so going through nintendo games on saturday nights i'm playing through all the games that come stock on the super nintendo classic and, uh, there I've been most of the games. I have a few big art of the, I have the two big RPGs left, um, Secret of Mana and, uh, Earthbound and then a couple, a couple of the racing games. But, uh, if you come by, it, when on a night we beat a game, we do a sticker giveaway for that usually is a sticker with the name of the game or my name for a game. So it's like silly names like for the Kirby superstar. We called it Kirby your appetite. So it's a sticker with that sort of silly name on it that's awesome or yeah so that's something we do when we beat a game on those nights so that that's we also do some uh podcasting on there on twitch too but that's the main gaming stuff we do that's awesome well you mentioned this that it's not just
0: retro games right this kind of was born also out of your love for retro movies Mm -hmm. and your podcast that mentioned retro rewind is all about movies and games sometimes that are Fifteen plus or years older. So, yeah. What led to the creation of Retro Rewind? What is your mission statement, and how did it come about?
1: So that game came about because I did another podcast at the time. This was back in 2012. Uh, I did another podcast. It was actually turning out to be really a lot harder than I thought uh, because um, I was doing it on my own, pretty much. I would interview guests, and for whatever reason. And props to you, Aaron, for doing this because I know how hard it is to do a podcast where you're trying to get guests together, trying to book them, trying to arrange timing. And then, uh, you think you have one time, they think they have another time. And then the time doesn't work. It's, it's, it's madness. Cats and dogs living together. Uh, but, uh, so I was doing this other podcast. And then, uh, at the same time, me and my wife had moved from where we were living in California up to Oregon, where, where we live now. But back in California was my, best friends since college. We were best men at each other's weddings. We were really tight. And I'd lost I'd lost um, touch with him. I mean, we'd talk uh, like every six months or so. And we're, whenever we would talk, we'd always talk about movies, like the movies we're seeing, what we're excited about. So I uh, doing this other podcast, usually when you start a podcast, you always want to do more podcasts. So <laughs> I was like, hey, what do you think about doing a podcast where we talk about like movies? And so th- through a course of us discussing it, we sort of landed on Older movies, taking rewatching them, seeing if they still hold up today, and that's when Retro Rewind podcast was born with me and my friend Paul J Powers of pauljpowers.com.
0: That is wild. I I didn't realize how similar our stories were. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you and Patch crazy, yeah, weren't
1: talking to each other much and decided the the longtime best
0: friends. We were we had started chatting again after not really being in touch because we moved different places mm-hmm. and we started talking mm-hmm. movies and then we formed feel and film which is what i'd been doing up until the start of this game podcast i'm still doing it of course but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy so why 15 plus or years or older like was there a specific well, reason you guys landed on that
1: well the 15 years was because we needed to figure out some demarcation for uh like okay well what's classic well if we choose 20 years at the time, then we would have been limited to mainly 70s mo- uh, let's see, 2012, uh, we were in 2012 at the time. 82-ish, yeah. So 82-ish. So a lot of the movies we wanted to cover to begin with, we wouldn't have been able to. We would have had to wait. Mm-hmm. So we thought 15 years was a decent cutoff. Like 10 years, only a decade, that doesn't really give a movie enough rest. So 15 we thought was a decent, decent enough sweet spot. The, or older, Is because I'm like, well, we're going to run out of movies eventually if we just say 15 years from 2012. So to keep it so that we could always be discussing newer movies, I mean newer old movies, uh, we said 15 years or older. That makes perfect sense.
0: And, you know, I love it. I'm a big fan. Obviously, I've come on the show a few times and had you on my movie podcast as well. And they're always great double bills when we do those.
1: Totally.
0: What are some of your proudest moments for Retro Rewind? And like, what are your, some of your best episodes? So people listening now, when they go and they, you know, for sure are going to check out Retro Rewind podcast after hearing this. Do you have any favorite movie and or game episodes you could recommend?
1: <sighs> That's so hard. I mean, we're we're at over two hundred episodes now, and I I there was a time where I was re listening over and over to. All like the early episodes, just to get better and better and better at. I have long since done that, <laughs> and so now I'll I'll listen several times just as I'm editing. But uh, I rarely go back and listen again uh, to older ones. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout out the a couple episodes that these these two cool cats uh, Aaron White and Patrick Hicks were on. You may you may be familiar with these guys. I know that uh, they joined us for uh, our episodes covering the 2000s x-men there aren't 2000 x-men the x-men that was made in the year 2000 you can find that retro rewind podcast.com 111 and they also join us for this lame disney movie oh, about a gracious. jungle book <laughs> <laughs> the better uh, of the two the i uh, don't okay <laughs> <laughs> wait for, between that and x-men or the two, no the better uh, the of the two jungle, two jungle book movies oh okay I was going to say, I would not. No. I'd oh, survive. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. uh, but that was RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 150, where we discussed yeah, Disney's animated Jungle Book movie. The original animated, because I know the new ones, mainly animated. I think you you know why I'm putting down here.
0: Yeah, I think so. Now, you also did just recently, I want to shout out and say you just covered Final Fantasy seven, if I yes. recall, yeah. the original um, mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Do you happen to have any idea what number that was? I guess they can find it if they go check you out.
1: They can. Uh, yeah, you can just go to our episodes. Uh we have an episodes link at the top of our of our website to just scroll through all the episodes, but it was ap- actually episode 199. Nice. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Um do you have any remaining goals for the podcast or for your games and your streaming career that is taking
1: off? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's taken off. That that would be the hope that it's taken uh, off. But... It's taken off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> my, my sort of, my, my aspiration goal that I've been struggling with, cause it's one of these like, I don't know if you ever had this goal where you're like, I don't want to say it out loud because then you're sort of, you, you, you also, you almost have to, you have to try to live up to it and you don't want to fail it. So you don't, you just never say it. But recently I, I decided, you know I'm just going to go ahead and, and start, uh, saying that i'm gonna have a goal i don't have a time yet so that's that's on me i need to come up with time so but i I want to get to a point where i can take one day less of my nine to five job so only work four days a week on that and then have this extra day devoted to just content creation where it's working on the podcast working on uh, another passion of mine is pixel art where i create pixel art for the podcast but also making it for stickers making twitch emotes for people so that's that's the the goal that uh whether it's streaming uh podcasting or other avenues of creation uh, content creation or uh or selling like my services as a designer will get me to the point where that is financially feasible. That's awesome.
0: I like that. That's a really good strong goal to have. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting that out there into the world and voice voicing it and going after it. Um, I think you can get there. All right. Well, we're going to move on and talk now about some games. So I want to start here before we get to the big one by asking you, is there anything you have played in, say, maybe the last six months or so that has really just been a positive experience for you? So we like to use this as sort of a recommendation for the listeners. Like, what have you been playing that you really enjoyed?
1: Well, the, I mean, the last two games I played on, uh, Nest Quest, uh, or Nintendo Quest, that's what I'm calling it. That's why I call it is where uh, Castlevania one and two. I actually just beat Castlevania for the first time ever. Actually, both these games for the first time ever. I beat Castlevania f- a few weeks ago, and then Castlevania two I just beat this week actually at the time we're recording this. Uh, so those were really cool, especially Castlevania two because that was a game I got when I was seven or seven or eight, and I I I I said this on stream, but I I actually got a a strategy guide from the library and use that as a book report <laughs> because i didn't really like reading growing up i was like oh i'll read a strategy guide that could be my book report so i got a strategy guide to help me through castlevania 2 but i had to return the book before i could finish the game so it was a cool thing to finally finish this quest i started back when i was eight uh so those were two awesome memories uh that i had recently and then uh one more modern game that I'm enjoying is Albion online, which is a MMO sandbox game. Uh, and it, so if you're someone who enjoys MMOs with quests, like your, uh, World of Warcrafts or your, um, I think Black Desert is online is like that or mm-hmm. some other ones. Um, then you may not like this because you're, you have to be proactive in what you want to go for, whether you want to be like the best crafter or, uh, the best miner or the best just great at PvP. Uh, it, you can really just pick what you want to specialize in and spend your time doing that. And it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a great game to play if you're like listening to podcasts or, or things like that.
0: What platform is it on?
1: Is it that, PC only or? I don't know if it's on any consoles. It is on PC through Steam. Okay. I honestly don't recall if it's on any others. I think they do have a mobile version coming in the near future. But for now, I think yeah, it's mainly on Steam. And is it older or is it a relatively new? I'm, I'm not. I wanna say it's like 20, somewhere between 2015 or 2017 it started. So okay. it's it's typical fantasy new. RPG style, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, pretty much just fantasy. Uh, your your swords and shields, magic. Uh, you you get the, you don't pick a class. Your, the armor you pick and the weapons you pick sort of defines what, uh, mm. what abilities you have. So I'm, 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 je- I'm making this archer that has heavy plate mail. So like I can, I'm good at a distance, but then if they come close, I can survive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is what I love about you is you are a very creative person and, oh, and, and it's, it's fun to talk to people that think like you because there are games that are made specifically like this for people like you who just want to literally quite literally role play it's like you're mm-hmm. playing dungeons and dragons you're creating a character that's unique mm-hmm. me i just want to max i want to min max right so i'm oh, like nice. how can i be the best possible yeah, thing yeah. Um, and it sounds like this is an opportunity like you said it's a sandbox so you can really play with that i like games where when you pick something up that you're able to be that class no matter what even if your skill yeah. is low in it like i can all, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense you know like if i'm a warrior and I have a sword and shield, but you won't let me use a bow. Well, I should be able to use a bow. I should just not be good at it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, Aaron, those bows and arrows, they, like, burn your hands if you're a warrior. It just knows somehow. They might if
0: it's a holy bow,
1: and I'm, like, oh. an evil
0: warrior. <laughs> All right.
1: Point taken.
0: That's awesome. Did you have experience in MMOs prior to this one, or is it your first
1: no, well, so I, I was one of those poor unfortunate souls that, uh, got World of Warcraft day one oh, yeah. and then got my life stolen away from me for about six months playing that a good eight or more hours a day. <laughs> yep.
0: We, I think lots and lots of us gamers have that same story. There's, mm-hmm. you know, wow anonymous for us. Yep pretty much (laughs) it definitely did that and we had to break away (laughs) and kind of reevaluate our lives and understand like hey this is a hobby and (laughs) it's ruining the real one and well that's cool man i I hope to hear more about this as you continue to play forward and see how it kind of goes for you Uh, the one that i want to mention i've talked about recently is actually a platformer that originally came out in 2013 called rayman legends and i had not had any experience with the rayman series But this game has been put out on all of the modern consoles since 2013. So it came out on Xbox One, on PS4, on Switch. It's literally everywhere. And I kept seeing it on sale for like the last literally couple years, it feels like. It's just always on sale and people have raved about it, all these really good reviews. And I was looking for something to play new with the kids I really enjoy platformers, and it felt weird to me that this was a platform series that I just random blind spot, and I don't have a lot of them in this genre, and we realized you could play it, you know, co-op, all on the couch, which doesn't happen very much anymore in gaming, unfortunately. More modern-day games, just it's not something that is a feature that they are focusing on for some reason, and it's all online, and that doesn't work for me with my kids in the room, so... Uh, we picked it up, and we've had a couple sessions of this game, Francisco, and it is so, so much fun and so infuriating. First of mm-hmm. all, it's go- it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful game. And just really whimsical, ridiculous designs for the characters. It, it, usually that's a turnoff for me, because I like structure and realism. But these are just, they're, you know, not, they're anatomically human-like, but they're not human in any sense of the word uh well well, there's one character that is but for the most part they're they're not and you can play as these different characters and you unlock different skins which is usually like a different colored variant of them but it is just chock full of content and so i can understand why it's so highly thought of because the platforming for one is phenomenal the mechanics of the game, the flow of the game are just excellent. It's very smooth. The jumping is on point, which if you're a platformer, that's really number 1 is you've got to have the jumping to be perfect. It's got to be pinpoint mm-hmm. and precise. Um it has some other cool little features where you can interact with the world and at one point the world will like knock you into the background, camera will and you'll you'll kind of go on some little side scrolling in the background and then you'll come back into the foreground. It's really fascinating. Um, and, you you know, you're collecting things along each level, trying to you know unlock the ten guys in a cage and save them or whatever. And so I like that because it gives me a goal. It's it's these mini goals, you know. It's like, oh, hey, I, it's kind of like going back to the Super Mario Brothers days where we grew up exactly. on, you and I both, where it's like, hey, yep. I want to beat this stage, but I want to do it, and I want to get all of these five things. And if I get these five things, I feel like I was a success. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's a blast. We've been playing co-op and it's been appropriately both fun and like i said infuriating because my son likes to this game has friendly fire essentially so you can slap each other (laughs) Uh with your big anamorphic you know roger rabbit like hand yeah and it will actually push the other characters backwards and prevent them from moving and doing the things they want to do and so my 15 year old son likes to slap my 17 year old daughter around and her character and it just drives her absolutely mad and bonkers. And it doesn't it doesn't what bothers me is cuz I just want to progress. I'm all about yeah. like let's finish this level guys. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I can't move the screen forward because they're standing in the back and he's like slapping her over and over and over. And I'm like I just want to collect the stuff and go forward.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But um it's a blast. It is an absolute blast and I if listeners have not checked this one out and you are into platformers I totally understand now why it's in the 9 0.59 range on review sites everywhere it's fantastic and then the amount of content is unreal game has just a, t- a plethora of content and some really cool like mini game modes one where you play soccer
1: nice. oh cool! Uh,
0: yeah it's it's so much fun and like i said it's almost always on sale for mm-hmm. pretty cheap so i'm mm-hmm. hoping that people will check this one out if they haven't already and i'm glad that i finally took the plunge and tried it out because it awesome. harkens back to that same feel
1: yeah, of retro totally. games,
0: so I kind of thought it felt fit in well with this episode. Totally. Well, now that we've gone for a good thirty minutes, <laughs> let's actually get to the game that we're here to talk about the most, and that is Mega Man X, the old Mega Man X. Now, Mega Man X has been remade and put out as part of the Mega Man X collection. Yeah. I believe it's called the Legacy Collection, actually,
1: that or something like that. sounds right, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's what I got. I don't know. I played <laughs> it on PS4, because me, modern games, you know, I tried to modernize my Mega Man X. Sure. I'll tell you, it looks prettier, but it's the same game. <laughs> so it didn't help me a lot in the <laughs> control... <laughs> portion but that's me we're not here to talk okay. about what I think about it you love it and so yeah. I wanted to find out first from you why do you love, like what is it about Mega Man X when I said Francisco what's one of your favorite games that you would like mm-hmm. to talk about why'd you pick this one
1: well I, I I guess I would say it's the pinnacle of the Mega Man formula I it's there were other Mega Man X games, uh, there's X2 through, uh, probably X6, I want to say. I've only ever played X and X2. I, no, I've played X3 as well. I've beaten X and X2. But X was the, it took the, the really, really fun formula of Mega Man from the NES where you got to go to any stage, uh, you could, you could, when you got a boss's weapon, you could use it yourself, which was a really cool mechanic at the time. So it took those fun aspects. And it just really they not, not only improved the graphics, it made those systems work even better because you had also extra abilities and then the the boss's weapons, the robot master's weapons would work. Like you could charge your X-Buster with those abilities and also the extra, the super X-Buster, I'm totally getting the name wrong. That's not what it's called. But where you charge your, your X-Buster up to where it's this like pink, like pellet wave, uh, it would that would work. And have special attacks for all the different weapons. I thought that was really cool. There were things like, I remember this in uh, EGM uh, Electronic Gaming Mo- Monthly article where it said something like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna there's even like these lasers that if you go if you like cross them, then the game will shoot at you. It can recognize when you're uh, passing through these lasers." I'm like, "Whoa, that's so cool, mind blowing! <laughs> How does the game do that?" So there's just all- there's all these elements from like, the gameplay the graphics the music uh i just it's just so so yummy is <laughs> so yummy okay that's new <laughs> that's a first it's, but it's it's like some awesome beef jerky you have to work for it you have to work I, for that awesome taste
0: <laughs> now that's a good analogy okay i'll I'll allow that that's a good okay. way to save that for, that's pretty impressive <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a long running series. So Mega Man goes all the way back to 1987 on the original NES. And mm. this game was released in 1994 on the SNS. Mm. And it featured redesigned graphics and controls from the original series of the game. So like, what is it about the X series that stands out for you over the regular series? And, and actually, there's like 50 plus games in the Mega Man series, I found out. Yeah.
1: When yeah, I was yeah. looking,
0: I was like, wow, I had no idea there were so many. So what is this, What makes this one stand out over the rest of the franchise?
1: So, I mean, I sort of said uh, with why I think it stands above the original Mega Man, because it pretty really much takes that formula and sets it to 11. The rest of the X franchise of the ones I've played, it is only like iterative. It doesn't really do much to push the genre forward at all. Uh, there's there's some cool elements and it's and it's fun to just play new bosses and get new challenges but there's nothing really like I would say that's like wow groundbreaking about any of the other X's. When it comes to Mega Man Zero, which I played the first one of that, that's a cool game. It's a different style. It's a, more of a Metroidvania experience with in within the Mega Man universe. Uh, and and I liked it. But if you want just that just that actiony Mega Man Formula, Mega Man X is the way to go cuz you don't you get some of that with 0 and you certainly get that with with Mega Man, but it's it's not as fleshed out, I'd say. So that's why for me, and I've never played Mega Man Battle Network or Mega Man Legends. I don't have a great sense of what those experiences are like, but among the ones I have played, uh Mega Man X is the top of the line for me. Well, I can completely
0: see what you're saying because I did dabble in it and I wanted to get some experience with it before we talked even though this Mm -hmm. is definitely not my genre but (laughs) I can see the streamlined nature of the play so Mm -hmm. you know I used to I remembered these games fondly and I thought that I Mm -hmm. used to like them Mm -hmm. until I tried to play one again and I realized like okay this is really hard for me and there's something about the Mega Man formula you know it's eight bosses Mm-hmm. And you can go to anyone you want at a time. So it's, it's mm-hmm. freedom of choice, right? Yeah. Which is fascinating for a game like this. And then you, what I liked about Mega Man X is it felt like that the stages could change how a future stage might interact. Yeah. So there's, yeah, yeah. like you said with Metroidvania on some of the games, it's sort of like that where you're, you're doing some exploring and you're trying to kind of figure out how the game interacts Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. in
0: itself, which leads to replayability. Yeah. Which makes sense because the game is very short. And so, you know, for me, the difficulty is a hindrance, but you seem to like that challenge. Um, What is it about the way that these bosses are structured? You know, the way that you can get new abilities, like, what do you like how the game plays, the game flows, the the actual mechanics of it?
1: So I what I like about it, and I feel like I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but it's almost like it's this really fun action-y puzzle that you have to figure out. Like the best way, like you're saying, some bosses, their weapons affect other bosses. If you beat, for instance, if you beat uh if you go to Sparkman's state, or not Sparkman's <laughs> spark mandrill's stage uh let's say right off the bat then the the there's electricity coming at you on the floor and you have to be constantly jumping over that but if you destroy storm eagle uh storm eagles like flying jet or complete his stage first it actually affects spark Mandrill's stage to the point where there's blackouts uh going on but you don't have to worry about these sparks on the ground as much anymore and there's just different elements like that which is uh, another one is if you beat Ice Penguins uh, stage, uh, then the the fire sort of the lava incinerator at the bottom of Flame Mammoth stage will be will be uh, not lava. It'll be just rock. You can stand on it and you can get extra items that way. So I, I like like you said that allows you to open up different areas to get your E tanks or your hearts to increase your your life meter. So just figuring out where all the things are and There's this one part to get the improved X-Buster. So, oh my gosh, this was such a chore for me growing up. I must have taken a whole afternoon to try to get this thing. So you need this this helmet upgrade that allows you to break blocks with your head, which you get in Storm Eagle stage. Then you go to Flame Mammoth stage, and there's this one part. And I want to say we may have looked up a guide for where this was because I don't think we were finding it on our own, me and my brother's as we're playing this. Uh but we see this there's these blocks overhead that looks like it has like service. If you break them they'll you'll open up a shaft. So but you have to leap, you have to dash leap pixel perfectly from this platform right next to it, not right next to it, it's pretty far from it. And to sort of semi-cling your helmet to these rocks and once you sort of cling to it you can sort of just do your wall uh climb to da- to get up to the to this section where the the x-buster upgrade is but just the the feeling of accomplishment when i was able to finally do that it's it's actually akin to uh, i it's funny it's another capcom game but street fighter 2 to to be able to pull off ken and reuse dragon punch their shoruken uh, punch just to get that with the D pad in the right order with my thumb it just took me so long to do. But once I got it, ah, oh, it just felt so good. You have it locked in. You can never remember. You never forget it. And so I think it's it's that that experience of aha, I got it, or I did it. I find I worked really hard for this and finally got it. I think that's what is one of the things that really makes the X series and this one in particular so such a great experience for me yeah did i answer your question (laughs) i
0: I think so yeah i would say so no i like i can hear you talk stories about it all day long it's you know we tried it and i have my kids play with me and Mm -hmm. i my son doesn't typically get too frustrated with games like he'll Mm -hmm. you know get annoyed but he doesn't quit them he's Mm kind of determined and he was ready to throw the controller at this game like because we can and it's fascinating fascinating to me The stages are so short. If you know what you're doing to run through a stage, it can take two, three minutes probably Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. get to a boss. And there's only eight of them, which is like, which is wild. But with the respawning enemies, I think is number one, the the biggest challenge that was there for him.
1: Games Like if you retreat some, then you're going to have to face the same thing again.
0: Exactly. The moment you let it go off screen at all and you move back, on screen to that part of the map that enemy will be back and mm-hmm. so you can't just it's the equivalent of like turtling in an rts game where you just like build up your base and stay yep. in your own little home and wait for them to come and then you just boom and you wipe yeah. them out on a counter attack mm-hmm. you can't just clear the map which is what i would do i would slow play i would yep. clear the map if i could and then just work my way to the boss very nice yes. and safe yep. Mega Man doesn't allow for that but it does okay. Mega Man X does, at least in the Legacy Collection, it has something called Rookie Hunter, oh. which I really appreciate because mm-hmm. it's a, what I like to call baby mode now, <laughs> because thanks to the What's Good Games podcast, um, I'll, I stole it from them. They call it baby ass baby mode. And it's <laughs> essentially the concept that, you know what, games are meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. And if it's more fun for you to play it on an easier mode and that way you get to experience it, you should do that. And that's what I ended up doing man Mm -hmm. and I liked it I had fun I got to experience all the bosses without getting enraged and yet for other people Mega Man is that perfect formula to where if you want that challenge it's going Mm -hmm. to give it to you and it's going to give it to you in various ways you can go back and replay it Mm -hmm. and find a new way to challenge yourself Mm -hmm. you know because you could do it in a different order and therefore it's going to change the way that the game plays what about the story of the game? Is there anything about the story that you particularly like, like the idea of who X is in this game?
1: So, yes. So I, this goes back to I I want to say as the Electronic Gaming Monthly uh, R.I.P. Um, uh, uh, issue that talked about Mega Man X, where they said like he is like a a policeman of robots or something like that, and that resonated with me because I have family in law enforcement. So I was like, oh, cool! So I can sort of have that type of experience, but in this fantastic, like, sci-fi uh, um, setting. And so I really like uh, For X, who I I didn't really know much of the story at the time, just like what the EGM article said. And I don't know if I read the instruction manual. I didn't. I wasn't great about reading instruction manuals until I was well into high school and college. But um, this would be in back when I was, I think, in middle school. still when this came out. But I uh, learned more about the story recently as we're preparing for this podcast. And it's just cool that, um, yeah, he is created to be sort of, he is made to be able to choose peace. And uh, he ultimately can't because he has to, he's drawn into this fight against Sigma, who was originally good, but then he, Sigma got infected with, uh, I think it's called the Reploid virus. Um, and that's cause him to go rogue. And then um, he was Sigma, who's the main final boss in the Mega Man X series. Uh, he, so yeah, he was originally a Maverick Hunter and Mavericks are the, the robots that go rogue. And uh, X was just sort of this rookie. He had his own baby mode uh, section. Uh, but then uh, Sigma, yeah, gets infected by, uh, he has a fight with Zero. Zero sort of is able to be uninfected by this reploid virus and then but Sigma gets it and that's why he turns bad. And then Zero and Mega Man work together and you get Mega Man X. But I yeah, I just really enjoyed that you're you're just I I, I like games where you're you're the good guy uh, and you're just fighting the bad guys. I there's something about that. I recently played a game a game demo called Carrion. You, are you familiar with Carrion at all? Heard about it, yeah. yeah. I haven't played it but heard about it. So it's if you've ever seen uh, john carpenter's the thing it's kind of like that you're this alien organism and you're just trying to kill all the people in this in the station and it it had its fun elements i felt that every time i killed a person i'm like oh man why am i doing this so i'm i'm one of those gamers that i i like being the good guy i like being your paladins and your your i don't like being the warlocks or the i mean i know warlocks can be good guys that's more of a class but regardless i like being more of the uh. Uh what's it called in Dungeons and Dragons? Uh something lawful good or whatever. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. I, I like I like that archetype. So uh so X in that he is that, I I was very drawn to him.
0: That's good. Yeah, I yeah. you know, I like that. That's a good reason. I, I enjoy it too, and I think that it's a fun little story. It's got its sci fi elements of mm-hmm. cloning and you know, yeah. robots gone rogue, which is always mm-hmm. fun to explore. And I like yeah. that these Mavericks are a little bit different than the traditional Mega Man bosses, mm-hmm. which were all yeah. Mega Men or Men slash yeah, Mans, yeah. literally, like you were oh, saying. Like, and man, these are kind of really coolly designed animals. Yeah, 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 totally.
1: Do you have any favorite boss levels, weapons, abilities, stuff like that? Well, my my favorite boss, like just the boss design was Spark Mandrel, I love how he's this big clunking... Mandrel looking thing. I just I loved his overall design, and he's super easy to beat with the ice shotgun that you get from um, Ice Penguin. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> he's like the easiest boss because just you shoot him, he freezes. You wait for him to unfreeze, you shoot him again, he freezes, and he can't do anything. So it's kind of funny being him, uh, cheesing him in that way. But yeah, I love his design. As far as the level, I like Launch Octopus because. His level, because I mean, his, they're robots, but whatever, Uh, that level, because it's one of the first games. I remember there being sort of a type of destructible environment. So there's this one area. And for the fans of the X-Series, I know you know this already, but for those that aren't really familiar, there's this one section where the whole, most of that stage is underwater. But uh, there's this area when you can like sort of ascend on this uh, whirlpool thing or whirl tornado thing up to the top of the water, and there's this boat, this attack boat up there. And if you destroy the attack boat, it sinks and actually destroys the ground wherever it sinks, which opens up this whole area where you can get an uh, one of the heart, uh, heart items that increases your life meter. And so I, I thought that was just a cool element that I had never seen. Like, oh, I can actually – I change the structure of this level by being at this one area I, I i mean i guess you get that with simple things like a breakout and block breaking games but this was a different it, within an action game it was completely different for me so that that was cool and then abilities i just like that super x buster or the upgrade x buster that's just such a good feeling like you charge it all up and you just take out an enemy with one shot it's it's fantastic
0: Oh yeah. Always the best feeling is to get the best weapon in the game and finally get to use it. One thing I always hate is when a game doesn't let you get the best stuff in the game until the very, very end and lets you use it on like a final boss and that's it mm-hmm. because you want to be able to use those tools. Like, you know, games yeah. should let you achieve things in, at least in time to play with them a little bit. Like, let you run through a level with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause
1: yeah, yeah. It's fun. Like, let but, us but have just- fun. <laughs> Exactly. Though, I will say there is something like that in this game. I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but both in this and X2, if you get all the items, all the upgrades, have full life, have full energy in all your weapons, in, um, armored armadillo stage, you can actually, there's a way to get to another upgrade, uh, pod that gives you reuse fireball. And it's cute. You actually hear him say, I do get, I do get. <laughs> no way yeah the thing with that is though they're they they one shot most enemies but you have to do the the combo of down down forward forward uh shoot button to do it and so most of the enemies are a little faster than that and then with bosses i think i may have one shot a boss with them but it's it's not reliable like it's not it doesn't have the buttery smoothness of like street fighter uh so that's really, that's really hard. And then at X2, you get, uh, the dragon punch upgrade, which actually I found to be a little bit more useful, uh, cause usually enemies are jumping over you. So to get, it's easy to do it with that. Um, so that, that is cool. But yeah, you don't get those until the end of the game. Uh, nice. then it's, yeah, it's just disappointing that it wasn't even cooler. Like you, cause you had to do a lot of hard work to get that item. And then it's kind of, it's kind of like a letdown when you're trying to use it. Well, it's cool that it's in there. That sounds awesome. It is a cool like thing to say. Yeah, I got that. You're going to make make me go
0: back and play some more now because I want to (laughs) find it. Well, the last Mega Man X games that we got were the Legacy Collections that I was mentioning. There's a one and a two version, Mm. and they came out in 2018, 2019. The last traditional Mega Man series game was Mega Man 11, and it came out in 2018 as well. Mm. So do you have any desire to see more from this series or is your retro love and heart content with what exists? And I guess, do you think that there's anywhere that the Mega Man series can actually continue to innovate or Mm -hmm. has it done all that it can do in that area?
1: Well, here's graphically, I would love to see them innovate in a way that, um, so I, I think I mentioned it before, but I, I love, Pixel art. I love the aesthetic, especially of the SNES and Sega Genesis. It's, I know a lot of people are really drawn to the 8 bit aesthetic of the NES and Master System, but for some reason, I think those are fine, but I love the, the, the richness of color that you get in the Super Nintendo and, and the, um, and the Genesis. And then some of the later, later, more, more modern games like Marvel vs. Capcom has really great pixel art and sprite graphics. So I would love to see, uh, Mega Man. X, if they were to continue the series, continue with that style and then incorporate some of the awesome effects that you get, like in some like an Octopath Traveler that like blurs the background, and has different environment effects. Uh, so I would love to see like this, this awesome pixel art Mega Man X create this amazing looking like laser blast that just like destroys the screen. I, I would love to see stuff like that. So graphically, I think they could in- innovate that way. I'm I'm not as huge a fan of uh 3D uh looking games even though like today they look amazing. I feel like they they get dated pretty easily as time goes on as opposed to pixel art games which I feel like hold their aesthetic better. But uh in terms of gameplay, I think something that I've never I don't think has ever happened in a Mega Man game is branching endings like or branching paths. You get like if you destroy one boss level, it affects another level, but actually to see like, okay, if you go this path, you can get all the items. It's going to take a lot longer. If you go this path, you can only, you only have to fight two bosses, but it's going to be a lot harder, but you can finish the game faster. Or if you take this path, then I don't know, you get to unlock a new character. I'd, I'd like to see something like that, where you can, based on how you're, what uh, course you choose to play, kind of like Star Fox, how that and Star Fox 64, what path you take, dictates what sort of happens in the story and i i'd also like to see something like a co-op experience like you get mm-hmm. you and zero get to play together like i guess like a rayman legend yeah uh, except no friendly fire please
0: zero like chomping at the back of rayman
1: <laughs> something like that yeah but i just playing together i think that'd be a fun and go back to another co-op ex- couch co-op experience that like you're saying we don't get a lot of these days so i think that'd be fun but other than other than that i don't know if there'd be a way to innovate
0: yeah no those are great suggestions i could definitely see that being a good way for them to go if they wanted to continue pushing it a little bit forward and milking yeah, totally. that Mega Man yes. cow <laughs> right because <laughs> these games capcom's never gonna let it die i don't no, think no. they're gonna keep going forever totally well man Thank you. This has been awesome. Um, Why don't you you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? We've mentioned some of it, but tell them where they can find you on social media, where they can find your podcasting, your Twitch, all the good stuff.
1: Of course. Uh, Yeah, and thank you so much for having me on, Aaron. This was a great experience. Love getting to talk about Mega Man X. I I don't think I realized how much I would love talking about it until I got to this opportunity. So thank you so much. Uh, If you want to hear more of me, and, uh, me talking about old movies. I've actually covered Mega Man X on my podcast, Retro Rewind Podcast. Uh, you can find that at retrorewindpodcast.com. Episode five is when we covered it. So it was really early on. <laughs> so it's not the best sound quality. I, mine is okay, I think, but my co-host was still on his, like, uh, like phone or something. I, I don't know, but we, we still had a fun experience. But yeah, check out our, uh, episodes at retrorewindpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Twitter. And Instagram at, and also Facebook, but, uh, at Retro Rewind Pod. Uh, you can connect with me personally on Twitter. I'm FXR, like capital F, capital X, capital R, etro, or FX Retro with an underscore. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter there, or you can watch me live stream on Tuesday and Saturday nights at 7 PM Pacific, or Friday nights at 8 PM Pacific, at twitch.tv slash Retro Rewind Pod, or uh, you could also just go retro dot slash live.
0: Awesome. Man, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And d- definitely listeners check him out. I, I got to tell you, his streams are one of a kind. We were talking <laughs> about this some before we started recording, but they really are. Francisco is an entertainer at heart oh, think- and he is able to bring an energy to his podcast or well, both to his podcast and his Twitch streaming that is not usually found. And, uh, it's a ton of fun so you know go to watch him play through the sns and the nes games and kind of get to see those again but you'll have just as much fun interacting with him in chat and oh, thank you. and also the great pixel art i mean you make amazing emotes so they're thank worth un- they're worth going in there to just you know throw them a sub unlock some then you got them for a while and you can use them wherever you go well listeners if you like what you heard here please subscribe uh, share us with your friends follow us on twitter and other social media at the games we love or you can find me personally pretty much everywhere on the net and on game systems at aaron l white a-a-r-o-n-e-l-w-h-i-t-e you can also find my twitch streaming occasionally uh, at twitch.tv slash aaron l white here on the show we still have more great conversations coming season one is not done yet we've got a handful left and you're not going to want to miss those. If you are enjoying these episodes, please leave us a five star review on your listening platform of choice, especially if that is iTunes slash Apple podcast slash whatever they're calling it these days, because that's the one that most people see and it's great to be able to bump up in their aggregator there. And Francisco, again, thank you so much for coming on, talking to me, sharing your passion for Mega Man and games with us. It's been awesome. Thank you everyone for listening because this podcast is for you. We'll be back next week. And until then, get out there and fall in love with the game.